Thanks for tuning in to the Docs Sportscast again today. So we are excited about today's episode. We're talking more NFL as we continue our breakdown of the various divisions. Today we'll be talking about the NFC West. And the NFC West is a very exciting division for sure uh, to be discussing today. So we will jump into those teams, talk a little bit about what's going on there. A little bit of our predictions, as we've said before, this will change as we see what happens with the preseason, stuff like that. Um, before we make final predictions and, and things, but uh, yeah, definitely entertaining, exciting division. Uh, we will mention real quick before we hop into this is uh, <laughs> the the um, reports this week uh, came out on uh, uh, Monday. Uh, it's kind of been flaring up a little bit recently. Is everything with Deshaun Watson? You know, he has reported to training camp to avoid fines. Uh, the Houston Texans have come out and said. We will be willing to trade Deshaun Watson. Uh, if you guys have uh, listened to the podcast, you've heard everything that's been going on with Deshaun Watson, all the alleged, um, you know, uh, sexual misconduct and uh, things like that that's been going on with him. 23 different lawsuits at this point that are filed against him. And so it's, it's a really big thing going on, but uh, he has reported training camp and there is there was a legal analyst that came on, was talking to ESPN, talked about how the decision that for Watson – as far as any ruling, anything that happens from a legal standpoint is not going to be made by the time of the Super Bowl, okay? And, guys, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we need to get to the, the breakdown of the division. But, man, essentially they are saying that Deshaun Watson will be available all season, okay? And, again, we've talked about it. Why in the world is it that people perceive and Everyone actually gets to see it because it's a reality that these people don't live in the same world that we do, that these professional athletes don't live in the real world. They don't live in reality. Guys, this is not this is not right. It's not fair. Something's going on like this. The NFL commissioner needs to step in. Roger Goodell needs to step in and say, hey, this guy is not going to play. He is not going to play until the trial is finished. Um, you know, I, I get it. These are all allegations. There's not been enough concrete evidence of things found right now at this point. I get that. I understand it. You know, innocent until proven guilty. I understand that stuff. I really do. But guys, this is just think about if. And I'm not either way. I, I don't I don't believe one way or the other. You know, I, I can't sit here and say if I think he did this or he didn't do this. I'm not gonna sit there and act like I know. I'm not gonna sit there and be like, oh my gosh, he needs to get locked up. Oh my gosh, I can't believe he's playing. I, I'm not gonna sit there and do that because nobody knows except for Deshaun Watson and the expert people that are reviewing this case. Okay, and the women that this possibly happened to. So, you know, get the bias out of your head. Don't sit there and, and be judgmental or biased a certain way because of how you feel or what you think, uh, you know, race or whatever. Get it all out of your head and just understand that what we're talking about here is the fact that what if, if he ends up being guilty with this, essentially he will be able to play this entire season make his money and then then possibly face you know court you know jail time things like that it's just it's not right if in if in the case that that happens okay it's just not right now i think it would be interesting to explore the nfl should explore hey if something happens if if things go on with pe certain people's careers or whatever that they are found guilty of certain things then at the point of time that it is found out at the point of time that it has become a case or whatever, like being able to take money back from people. I mean, it's just, 
and I get how difficult and complicated that is, but guys, it's just, it's ridiculous the fact that if he is found guilty of these things, he has played this entire season and got his money and all that stuff. So it's, it's, it's upsetting. It's frustrating for sure. Again, we don't know if he's guilty or not. I, you know, I would hope that he isn't because that would mean that all these heinous things did not happen. And I, I would like to believe that. So um, anyway, if in the scenario that he's going to play this season, they are open to trading him. Guys, there's plenty of teams out there that could use him right now. There's plenty of teams that would love to take a one-year layaway and say, hey, you know what? We'll take that guy. We'll take him real quick. And uh, yeah, possibly win a Super Bowl with him. Possibly get get to be a contender with him. Yeah, sure, we'll do that. There's plenty of teams that are willing to do that. So I think there could be a trade market. However, they're asking a steep price. But here's the thing that I think would be absolutely hilarious. I think it would be amazing if the Houston Texans, the Houston Texans called up the Green Bay Packers and said, you know what, let's do something here. And the Houston Texans do some type of bundle deal where they send Deshaun Watson and, you know, a player or two up to Green Bay. And Green Bay sends Aaron Rodgers and or uh, Devontae Adams. And, okay, fine, cool. You guys are going to sit and whine and complain and, and bellyache about being traded and not want to play for us. Fine, we're going to swap you teams. And then Aaron Rodgers can go to a crappy team that's not going to win anything. And Deshaun Watson go to a team that's fairly decent and may have a chance of going to the playoffs and have a chance to win. All right, fine. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious, guys. Think about it. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Anyway, that being said, let's jump into uh, the NFC West, okay? So talking about the NFC West today, the first team we will be talking about is the Seattle Seahawks. And I believe that this is the toughest division in football. Okay. I think this is the toughest division in football made up of the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Rams, and the 49ers. This is a very, very tough division. All of these teams, all the teams listed are capable of winning this division. All of these teams, the right circumstances, are capable of winning a Super Bowl. So, of course, to me, and Aurora, she agrees, uh, this is the most competitive division the toughest division in all of football right now. That That's where we stand on it. So getting to the Seahawks. Guys, big thing here is solid quarterback play. Russell Weapons, I mean, he Russell, Russell Wilson, I mean, he he's great. Uh, he is a franchise quarterback, one of the best in the business, does everything the right way on and off the field. Really appreciate him and what he does. I'm a big fan of him. We're a big fan of him here on the podcast. Uh, tons of great receiving weapons. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, those guys are great. They've got some guys who can be a little bit of burners and things every now and then on the wideouts uh, for the third string and, and down. So they got some guys who can step up and make some plays there. Uh, they did end up uh, improving a little bit in the tight end position, bringing in Gerald Everett. So I do like that move that they made. Definitely needed to improve there. And uh, overall... When you think about this team, Russ is always dangerous. Russell Wilson is always dangerous. You know, the the, def the defense has definitely declined over the years from where they were. It's no longer the Legion of Boom. It's, it's pretty far from that at this point, Legion of Doom at this point, uh, from a defensive standpoint. And, uh, you know, the offensive line, yeah, definitely needs some work. But 
you know, I, I think they can tweak it. And like I said, Russ is always dangerous out there. So look for this to be a very high scoring, productive offense. They haven't changed all that much, guys. You look at it, Russell Wilson went for over 4,000 yards. And again, that's kind of the benchmark to be like, hey, you're a qualified starter. You're good enough in this league. Went over 4,000 yards, um, you know, did his thing. You know, completion percentage, 68%. Pretty dang good, if you, if you ask me. That's pretty good. Overall quarterback rating, 105. Um, yeah, nothing bad to say there. Now, the question mark that people have is the rushing game with Chris Carson. Uh, you know, people have ha kind of had this stipulation of like, oh, he's going to age. He's not going to be a starter. He's not going to continue producing. He's injury prone. People have all these stigmas against Chris Carson. I don't know why. It makes absolutely zero sense, guys. Like, he's produced every year for the last four years in the league. Like, come on. Give the guy a break and just be willing to say he's a great running back. Okay, He played 12 games last year and yeah he was hit a little bit with the injury bug last year but typically he plays through injuries he played 12 games 681 rushing yards on the season all right that's 56 yards per game it's not amazing numbers you know he averaged 4.8 yards a carry it's not amazing numbers by by any means but it's solid production from a guy who knows what to do in that offense i think he was struggling a little bit last year more than some other seasons uh, not necessarily because of injury and things like that. I think it's really more because of the line. The line was struggling, guys. I, I think the defense was really honed in and understood what to do to shut down the run, and they couldn't really they, – they could fill those gaps really easily. You know, Carlos Hyde stepped in, played pretty well when he uh, when he went down. DJ Dallas had a game, a big burst game. Um, you know, so, I, again, I think that it wasn't necessarily so much about Chris Carson. I think he'll have a very solid year again as the starter. I don't see him getting to 1,000 yards again. I don't see him getting back to that point uh, next year. But he can continue doing well, especially because, you know, Russell Wilson takes some of those carries away. Also, Russell Wilson had second on the team in rushing yards with 513 attempts, 6.2 yards per carry. I mean, that's pretty dang good, guys. That's pretty dang good. So, uh, yeah, really like what they're doing from that standpoint. If the line can keep, uh, can step up, play a little bit better, they should be fine. Receiving-wise, guys, they had two receivers go over 1,000 yards. Two receivers over 1,000 yards. That's great. Not not many teams can say that. This is one of the rare instances that they can say that. You know, DK Metcalf went off 1,300 yards, and Tyler Lockett just over 1,000 at 10.54. So those guys produced very well. Great numbers. Uh, you know, Lockett actually caught more passes. He was kind of that sure-handed guy. Hey, you know, you know that's that's your safety valve. Uh, DK Metcalf got, caught more passes down the field, so you know, five more five-yard average more than Tyler Lockett. So yes, you could make a case for DK Metcalf. Oh, in fantasy, go for DK Metcalf. Here's the thing, guys. I'm telling you right now, Tyler Lockett is just as valuable, just as valuable as DK Metcalf, if not more. If the defense can hone in and double team on DK Metcalf and shut him down. Tyler Lockett will get all these dump offs like he did last year. He's very valuable. You look at where he's going in fantasy drafts. Look for Tyler Lockett because he shot he caught a hundred receptions last year to DK Metcalf's 83. Okay. He was looked at more. He was used more. He actually only had three more targets than DK Metcalf. So if Russ is throwing the ball to Tyler, he's pretty much going to catch it. So I think he knows that, he understands that, and that's his guy. So I would have a lot of faith in him moving forward. That's the thing I think to look for. But again, this division is very tough. I don't see them winning this division 
just because of how tough it is, guys. And I hate to say that because I love Russ Wilson. I love Carson. I, I love Metcalf, Lockett. I like what these guys are doing out there. But uh, really, really tough division. Moving on. The Arizona Cardinals. All right. The Arizona Cardinals, guys. These guys have stepped up, really elevated their game from, you know, th four or five years ago. They had a little bit of a lull there, there after going to the Super Bowl against the Steelers. And, uh, man, Kyler Murray has stepped up big. He, last year, uh, you know, with a strong defense behind him, defense added J.J. Watt, which is a great veteran to put into your mix. Now, they are having some issues with Chandler Jones. Who knows what will happen there? Maybe they can make him happy. If I was him, I'd shut up. I'm getting re I'm getting ready to play beside J.J. Watt on a team that's explosive right now. I wouldn't be belly aching, but whatever. There's plenty of other guys who have more things to whine and cry about than this guy. So whatever. You know, the defense has added J.J. Watt. Offense has questions at running back for sure. Uh, Chase Edmonds and James Conner are the two backs there. This could be a dangerous team for sure. And as we get into the numbers here, you know, like I said, the running back situation is at question. Okay, that is <laughs> that's the primary question right here. Now, Kyler Murray did not go over that 4,000 passing yard season last year, but he had 819 rushing yards to tack on to that. So still a pretty dang good year. I do see him going over the 4,000 mark this year. Played 16 games, so you can't, you know, discredit for that. He played all the games, and yeah, maybe he should have been over that 4,000 mark, but I think he started to lose some steam a little bit as the year went on. Um, Kenyon Drake rushed for 955 yards, no longer there. Chase Edmonds, who played 16 games, 97 attempts, 448 rushing yards. Here's the thing to look at, guys. If you're looking at fantasy, everybody's sitting there. They're down on Chase Edmonds right now. They don't believe in Chase Edmonds right now. They think someone else can step up and definitely take that position. They think James Conner has a chance to do that. I don't believe so. Because take a look at this team and look at what happened last year. I think it was a complete miss by the coaches. A complete miss by the coaches. Because Chase Edmonds had 97 rush attempts. He had 448 yards, as we mentioned. That's an average of 4.6 yards per carry. Kenyon Drake averaged 4 yards per carry. Okay, 0.6 yards less than Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds was more productive with the op opportunities that he got. So, I'm definitely going to want to move forward with him. I think he's going to be great. He only fumbled the ball one time on his 97 carries. Okay. Kenyon Drake fumbled the ball three times on the 239 yards per carry. That's a higher fumble rate than uh, Chase Edmonds for sure. So let's see what happens. I don't have as much worry about that running game. I think they will be fine. And I do think that Chase Edmonds will hold down the fourth there as the number one option as he should, in my opinion. So, yeah. Uh, as far as passing, man, I mean, these guys, they have an explosive offense. They're going to continue having explosive offense. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray... Uh, was slinging it to anyone and everyone last year. I think it's obvious because, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, D-Hop, had 1,400 yards. That's huge, amazing, nothing much really to say outside of that. I mean, 115 receptions on 160 targets. I actually think that that reception, uh, that reception rate will go up higher because of the fact that now, uh, you know, Kyler Murray will be playing with DeAndre Hopkins for – one more season they have a season under their belt last year they were thrown together so I think they're going to get that chemistry going a little bit more and see that actually go up a bit from where it was he averaged 12 yards per catch 
Christian Kirk averaged around 13 yards per catch. He had he only played 14 games, but 48 receptions, 79 targets. Need to get that catch radius up, catch ratio up. But uh, 621 yards. Dan Arnold did his thing from a tight end standpoint. You know, 438 led led the team uh, from a tight end standpoint in receiving yards. And Larry Fitzgerald, old man, reliable. You know, 54 receptions, 7.6 yards per catch. You know, he, he's your sure hand guy that you're going to go to. He had 409 yards on the season. But don't snuff at Chase Edmonds, who had 402 yards receiving. Okay? I think he's going to end up getting a huge workload, guys. This is a guy that people are definitely looking at later on in the draft that I think is going to be a steal if you decide to take him. So take a chance on him. I'm telling you, you're not going to regret it unless there's some injury or something that pops up. But I think he can handle that workload. And I don't think they're going to put everything on his shoulders. They'll mix James Conner in there. But I think that works out to Edmund's favor. Keep him fresh. Okay? So, yeah, Cardinals, I, I, I'm excited about them. They could be have a really good year. And we'll see what happens with them. Uh, next up, the San Francisco 49ers. Okay? Now, I got friends who are 49ers fans. Um, it seems like when you're a 49ers fan, you are a, uh, <laughs> you are a somewhat of a diehard fan. I mean, you, you, you like the Niners and that's, that's your team and that's how it goes, you know? So, uh, I, I have friends that are definitely big Niners fans and I'm going to tell you guys right now, oh, you're in for a long haul. This is going to be a long season, a very long season. Everybody's so hyped about the Niners. Everybody is super excited about the Niners. Stefania Bell from Fantasy Football Podcast on ESPN uh, is all about the 49ers. And I'll tell you guys right now, you need to sit back and you need to brace yourself for a long season. Because last year, take a look at last year. Obviously, Jimmy G was hurt for quite a bit of the season. He only played six games. Uh, Nick Mullins played 10 games. You know, he had uh, 2,400 yards. C.J. Beathard came in. For six games, he had 787 yards. So, you know, yes, there were some issues on the quarterback position because of injuries, things like that, that were going on. Running-wise, you know, from a running back standpoint, man, they had a lot of issues, you know. Jermichael Hasty, Raheem Moster, you know, Tevin Coleman. I mean, <laughs> you name it. And the injuries happened. I mean, you know, they were just having injuries left and right to their running back standpoint, uh, to their running back situation there. You know, Jarrett McKinnon was the guy who stepped up, played pretty well for a while. Jeff Wilson stepped up and played well for a while. Uh, but, you know, they're going to go back to Moster. That, that's the guy who's been proven there, and he's going to be your guy. Now, Trey Sermon's a guy they drafted. I, I do have some, uh, you know, some upside for him. I really think he could be a really good back of the league. The question is, are they going to let him have the opportunity to show it? And I just don't know. I just don't know right now. I think they will stick with Moster. I think they are definitely committed to one back at a time. I don't think they like doing a running back by committee. Last year they were kind of forced to a little bit. But they still, when it came to a game, like, hey, this guy's my guy in this game. He's healthy, and that's what we're doing. And, and he got all the carries. So, um, yeah, if you look at it, Moster still had, you know, uh, five yards per carry, uh, you know, in the eight games he played. Still pretty good. Not bad. He played eight games. If you double that to 16, he would have been over 1,000 yards. So it's a pretty solid season. But the question here is moving forward, 
what's going to happen, okay? Let's look at receptions real quick, and we'll talk about that future at quarterback because that's the big question here. Brandon Ayuk, 748 yards. He played 12 games. Kendrick Board, 15 games. I mean, you got to go down quite a bit to get to people that have played 16 games for them uh, from a receiving standpoint. So they did have injuries, uh, you know, pop up every now and then. Debo Samuel, you know, he was he was out pretty much half the season there, uh, you know, and, and he still finished like fifth on the team when it comes to receptions. So I, I like what they have from a receiving standpoint. Ayuk, Samuel uh, are definitely great one-two option. George Kittle come back healthy will be great for them. Kendrick Bourne, I wish they hadn't got rid of him, uh, let him go to New England because Kendrick Bourne is a great player. He's a great player, guys, and you lost out on a really good one there. I'm telling you right now, that's that's going to bite you, uh, and there there will be some times that you struggle by not having enough receivers out there because I'm telling you, you're going to be down some games this year. The defense is okay. I don't have a problem with the defense. I think they're still going to be fairly dominant out there. But here we go, getting into the future, and this is going to be the controversy that I know a lot of people are going to have with me and with this episode in particular. This team is going to perform very poorly when it actually comes down to winning and losing games. Okay, They may have a good defense. They may look good on paper. They may make some flashy plays every now and then. But I'm telling you right now, they are going to struggle in the win-loss column. I think they're going to drop. I don't think they're going to finish first in this division. I don't think they're going to finish second in this division. Okay, I think they're going to finish third in this division over just the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, now a lot of people will roast me for that. What are you thinking? How in the heck do you think that the Cardinals and Rams are going to beat them? You know, how do you think that they're going to be a better team than them? Here's how I think they're going to be a better team than them, guys. They know who their quarterback is, and they are ready to go to war with that person, and they're going to back them. Okay, here's the thing a lot of people don't realize is when you go into the season, and your team is changing quarterbacks, it is difficult. It is difficult to do. The only time that this works out really well is when you have someone who is so much better of a quarterback than the guy before him or so much better of a fit to the offense before him, right? Look at last year with Justin Herbert. That's what everybody wants to talk about. Oh, Trey Lance could be Justin Herbert. Trey Lance could be Justin He's not going to be Justin Herbert, guys. He's not going to be Justin Herbert. Because of the fact that Justin Herbert was going in there to replace Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor was playing exactly how you would expect Justin Herbert to play. He was not as explosive running the ball anymore like he used to be in Buffalo. He was being a solid passer, going for his checkdowns, doing his thing, making some big throws, but he was a little, little aged, okay? Justin Herbert comes in there, and he's playing the exact same way they expected to run the offense before with Tyrod. He comes in there, and everything is already set up, ready to go for him and what he's good at. He checks down. He gets to his guy. He looks for the open reads. He makes the right read on defense. He understands the easy throw. He doesn't sit there and take a bunch of you know, uh, shots downfield. He doesn't sit there and try to get 1,000 yards rushing for the season. That's not what he's all about. So the offense really fit well for him because he was a better quarterback physically. He could physically make stronger throws, things like that, push the ball down the field a little bit more than Tyrod was. So he could do what Tyrod could do, but better. Okay, That's why he did so well. Look at this situation with 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo is fine, guys. He is fine. There is nothing wrong with Jimmy Garoppolo. 
You're going to look at last year's stats. He played six games. He had 186 yards per game. Everybody's going to say, oh, my God, that is atrocious. That is horrible for a starting quarterback in the NFL right now. No, it's not because he's playing for the San Francisco 49ers. He's playing for a team that runs the ball down your dang throat, okay? He's not playing for a team that wants to chuck it up downfield all the time. He's, he's, not, he's not playing for that. He's not trying to do that, okay? He is trying to play consistent football and not mess anything up for the defense so you can rely on the defense and the running game to win you hard-fought, grit-out games. That's what the Niners are built on. That's how they want to play. So guess what? Trey Lance does not do that. I'm telling you right now, Trey Lance will take a lot of shots. He will try and run the ball quite a bit. He will change up the dynamic of your offense, and he will upset what you have built. You have not built your offense to fit Trey Lance at all in any way. You, fit, you have fit your offense to fit an Alex Smith, a Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, guys who don't come in and try and throw the ball deep all the dang time. Like, you had that for a little while in Colin Kaepernick, and then you realized, oh, man, well, we could lose a quarterback, you know, because, uh, you know, these other things or, you know, quarterbacks, you know, might change and stuff. You know, let's let's build a great team, and then we'll get a quarterback that can manage that great team. And you've been doing well. You've been successful with that. You just changed that by taking Trey Lance. And I'm telling you right now, it's a big, big mistake. I think he's going to be somewhat of a bust. I'm not saying that he won't be able to be a – starter in the NFL but I don't think that he is going to come in and be a Lamar Jackson I don't think he's going to come in and be a Justin Herbert I don't think he's going to come in the league and just set the league on fire guys just I'm telling you right now and I maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm wrong for my Niners fans hopefully I'm wrong but I do not believe he will I watched his tape I watched what he was doing guys he was eating and chewing up a lot of very bad teams. He was eating up and chewing up teams that his team definitely had the advantage from a skill player standpoint. He was throwing to easy, he was making the easy throws. He was making the throws that you're supposed to make. And what happens when guys like that come in the league? Look at uh, Jared Goff. And now he's not there. He's, he's, a, he's a suitable QB. He's suitable to be a starter. But he's not going to win you games. He's not going to win you games. And that's ultimately why the Rams moved on from him. So I'm just telling you, you've set up your team not for a guy who plays this way at all. And now you're going to maybe at some point thrust him into the situation and it's not going to be good for your team. He might, look, he might look good. He might put up some good numbers. But it's not going to be good in the win-loss column. Because your team dynamic, your game plan, the way you've structured your team is not to win that way. And I think that's going to change all of it. So I'm telling you right now, you know, it, it's going to be really difficult for them. Great defense, solid line, you know, key, some key spots are iffy with quarterback. Uh, you know, I hope they don't waste time with this great team right now. I hope they don't waste time because you're wasting time if you want to switch up quarterbacks and stuff all season long and have this controversy. No, just go with Jimmy Garoppolo. Run it back with Jimmy. You got a good team in place. You got a great team in place that you've built to function for him. Run it back. You will be fine. If you change it up like that, I'm telling you, you're going to set your team back a lot and you're going to waste this entire season. And I think that's what's going to happen, unfortunately. 
So anyway, we'll move on to the last team in today's episode, and that is the Los Angeles Rams. Okay, the Los Angeles Rams. Guys, these are my favorite. This is my favorite team in this division. I expect them to win the division. I expect them to actually go to the Super Bowl as of right now. Again, like I said, we got to break this down a little bit once we get into the preseason. But, man, I'm telling you, this team has everything. This team has everything. They are built so good. And they have the perfect quarterback for what they do right now. It's great. Now, they did lose Cam Akers, guys. Losing that young man is definitely tough. It's going to really set them back um, to begin the season because they got to figure out what they're trying to do. But if you have a great team, solid team around you, you can make up for that. You can plug in a guy and you can get enough done okay to be suitable and to, to still compete and still have a chance at winning so i think they'll still have a really good chance i don't think it's going to hurt them all too much but definitely definitely will be missed uh cam makers will be but they went out got a great qb uh had a had a good young running back they still got a great running back daryl henderson he is a very suitable running back they got a strong defense guys great wide receiving court in place with cooper cup robert woods uh, i think it's um Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson, that's coming, um, you know, wasn't as huge a factor last year. And man, I, I mean, what are you, what are you going to say? What, what, what are you going to say bad about this team? You don't have anything to say bad about this team because there's really nothing that they lack on. Their defense is scary good, scary good guys. And their offense has been waiting for a quarterback who can win you games. All right. Jared Goff is not a game winner. He threw an average pass of 7.2 yards per game last year. That's, that's okay, whatever. But for this type of offense, man, he's got all the ability to get the ball downfield. He needs to do it more. He didn't finish with 4,000 passing yards, played 15 games. That is not okay. He definitely should have been way over that in this type of offense. It is explosive. So that tells me. Matthew Stafford's going to come in and have a great season. He's going to be over 4,000 yards easily. I think he could be over 4,500, maybe touch that 5,000 mark. Who knows? But we'll see what happens. Um, you know, Daryl Henderson, as we mentioned, is going to be taking over back duties. He played 15 games last year. He had 138 rushing yards. He got 624 yards out of that. Look at Cam Akers, the guy they lost. 145 rushing attempts, 625 yards. One more yard than Daryl Henderson on seven more rushes, okay? Daryl Henderson had a better yard per carry average than Cam Akers. Guys, I don't I don't see any reason to panic. I don't see any reason to panic. I think they're going to be just fine when it comes to the run game. Receiving, okay? Cooper Cup didn't hit the 1,000 mark. Robert Woods didn't hit the 1,000 mark. I don't think that's about them. I think that's about Jared Goff. Because these guys, I think both of them have a chance to go over 1,000 yards this year. And I think they will do so. Van Jefferson is a guy who's going to be stepping up. I believe uh, Josh Reynolds, I think, yeah, Josh Reynolds moved on to Tennessee, if I'm not. Uh, yeah, Tennessee. So Josh Reynolds moved on to Tennessee. Definitely it would have been good if they could have kept that guy. But, hey, you know what? Van Jefferson will step up. I think he will play pretty well in this offense also and the defense like i said is scary good scary good guys this is a team i'm telling you right now has a chance to compete for the super bowl it will be disappointing if they don't if i'm that organization if we do not go to the super bowl it will be a bust year to me because they have every reason to be there every single reason 
to be there. Okay, Goff was too conservative. Stafford is not that way. Stafford can and has shown he will go out and win you games. Jared Goff could not do that. All he could do was keep you from losing them, but he could not go win you games, okay? And so often, they had to rely on their defense. They had to rely on other teams not outscoring them. And when you get into the playoffs, when you get into games with really good teams, if you can't keep up scoring, they will beat you, okay? And that's what they're going to end up facing when they get to that level. You're going to end up facing a team like that, and you got to be able to adverse through it and be able to outscore them at least every now and then. Matthew Stafford gives them that ability. Great move. Super excited for it. So, getting back to the rankings here, our predictions is Rams, number one. Okay, Best overall team with Stafford now. I, I just think it's easy to say that. Um, second, Arizona Cardinals. High-scoring team. Uh, defense might have some questions depending on what happens with Chandler Jones, but uh, this, this was a great defense last year. And I think they're going to be fine from a running back standpoint. I think they'll have a better run game this year than they did last year. 49ers, man, I'm worried that they're going to play Trey Lance. I'm worried they're going to be moving back and forth with these quarterbacks all season long. I just don't think it works for the chemistry of the team. I don't think it works for the game planning. I think they're setting themselves up for failure. So that's that's what I I think is going to happen there, um, unfortunately. That's, that's what I think. And then the Seahawks. And just because it's a tough division, they're going to end up four. There's plenty of divisions. The Seahawks would be one or two. They're going to end up four here. Like I said, this is the toughest division in football. So, yeah, that's what we have, guys. That is our rankings. That's our preview of the NFC West. What did you guys think? Uh, anything out there that you think we missed? Uh, you know, we definitely tried to cover the stats to back up some of our, our thoughts here. And, uh, yeah telling you guys watch out for the rams definitely but yeah with that being said um aurora and i will get working on uh doing some research things like that for uh friday's episode where we'll be talking about the afc south very sizzly conversations right now get in and talks about those texans things like that and we'll have a little bit more news as you know a couple days go on who knows trades with watson whatever who knows what will happen but uh yeah, definitely exciting for the AFC South. That will come on Friday, so look for that, guys. Really appreciate y'all listening. Uh, please like, share, subscribe. Facebook and email is below. Uh, subscribe on uh, iTunes, follow us, um, you know, Apple Podcasts, things like that. Really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, you guys will hear from us again on, uh, like I said, Friday. So thank you all. Have a great one.